Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I will give you... Have you seen the film? I will give you... Because he was pretty fucking... I will give James $100 if he can name James Gordon's character. A hundred human dollars. Have you seen? No, you're Google. You can't Google it. No, you can't. You can't look it up. I'm not Googling it. I was just making sure my recording was working because uh, it wasn't before. I am now uh-huh. uh, recording and I have to name James Corden's character from the Cats movie. I will give you a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It has you know to be this. correct. And it ha- for a hundred. It does, it does have to be. What correct. I was promised was a hundred human dollars. A hundred human though. dollars. And I just want to point out how terrifying that is in the context of us continuing <laughs> to discuss the movie Cats. Um, <laughs> I I believe the first name of this character is Bustifer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do not remember the last name uh, for the character. Uh, and what you have to – it's very important to remember that all cats have three yes. names. <laughs> oh, fuck. What? <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Oh, God fucking damn it. Uh, so I, I think there's part of me that wants to say Bustopher Jones and another part of me that wants to say Bustopher Huggins. And I don't know. Mm. Okay. So like the thing about Bustopher Jones. Oh, and Mel just said Bustopher Nut, which is actually that's pretty pr- good. That's very excellent. Uh, remember, yes. Bustopher Jones is one of the few cats who emphasizes a a prop, his prop work. Oh, does he have a prop? Like or a uh, rather costume like a, piece. Okay. Okay, like a like a, a clothing item? Yes. Okay. Like a cane? No. Okay. I'm going to go with Bustopher Jones. It sounds lazier. Hmm. Well, it the full name is Bustopher Jones in Spats. In spats. Oh, yes. wow. So is that utilizing all three of his names? Or is uh, who, that just one of his knows? many I'll, names? I'll pay you the money. <laughs> I, well, I don't know his... Um, I don't know if anyone knows the name that the family uses, but no, Bustopher Jones is the, it, the jellical name. Mm. So before we were talking about this, James was going to tell me where to find my character sheet. <laughs> 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 Well, have I given you enough to think about? I mean, yeah. We're, this wasn't going to be easy to begin with, but... Uh, Honey, I know this feels like a big decision, but ultimately, it's the captain's choice to make whether or not he wants to influence people, and it is the quartermaster's decision on whether he wants to influence people. Now you... And I do. Well, hmm? good, good. Just give the order and we'll go out and collect what we need. Great. I will give the order that I choose to give. Matigo, this is no time to be dramatic. There are serious things afoot. If we're going to be evacuating a full village, we'll probably need to commandeer that penis. (laughs) Look, we haven't made any decisions yet, and you can't spell dramatic without Matigo. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> no! 
it's also not true, but it's that doesn't not. matter. <laughs> it, it's true enough that I hate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> then I suppose I will await your order, but I will at least move the chip over to open the cargo doors. That's fine. With that, she nods to both of you and turns to leave. Janet closes the door behind her. Travis? I didn't care for that. I Well, I mean, it's one thing to, like, come to the realization of hard truths on your own, and then it's another for, like, someone to tell them to you and then just go. Um, I, I want to fight the Mariner. I want this to be over. But... You and me both. It feels like we're gonna we're on the brink of being out outgunned. This ship's got less cannons than it should. I we'd have to commandeer a ship that is hostile to us. We've got to rally a bunch of villagers that are in the middle of a getting drunk in a festival. It I don't know if this is I don't know how any of these are options are the best, but Fighting the Mariner here just seems like a death sentence. Well, it will be. For him. We can do this. But, Travis, you just finished talking about how you don't want to be immortal anymore. Yeah, but right now, I still am. And what happens if this fight takes longer than a day and a half? What if he doesn't get here until... Well, they're not going to... They're not going to stop the the festival, you know, I think. And again, I haven't inquired to be sure, but I think that I will stay the way I am until the closing ceremony of the festival. <laughs> so if they're in the middle of fighting and that never happens, technically it's still the festival. <laughs> and again, I haven't confirmed this. I'm just assuming narratively that's what would happen. <laughs> Travis, that's a big what if. That's a big question mark. And there's a lot of people out there who cannot fight for themselves, who can barely get out of harm's way if if something rises up and, and, and traps people in a church service. Well, then we just have to make sure it doesn't happen. Jonnet is like going to take a heavy sigh and then... Is there a way that, like, he could just, he could take, uh, use, pretty much connect to the divine light and just see, I don't know, like, if there's like a, a, I'm not trying to Dr. Strange this, but it feels like Dr. Stranging it, (laughs) of just like, like, running the numbers, of just like, okay, this is going to be a spell that you'll have to cast, and this is going to be hard makes sense so actually it's hard if it is divine that you're using it will be daunting if you're going to use arcane okay i will i'm going to dauntify it up uh okay i'm also using this app for the first time Mm, wow everybody bought the app recently (laughs) daunting that's four right daunting is four dope all right here we go Okay, so that totals out to be, oh, that is, this is kind of a helpful app. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this totals out to be uh, two uh, advantages, but ultimately uh, four failures. <laughs> four failures. Okay. I just want to like, there's like, there's just so many options. There's just so m- much to think about. And he takes off the bandana and he just kind of like, peeks open the eye to maybe get a look at if there's like any kind of vectorage going on. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, take two strain for casting the spell. Yeah. You, you try to open the eye, but I actually don't think it opens for you mainly because there's a mechanic on your character sheet now, uh, that changes the dice that you roll when you, uh, use the eye. And we didn't do any of that, uh, in your role. So, Oh, word. Unless unless you had incorporated it in. No. Um, so I, I don't think the eye quite opens for you. And that's frustrating. Uh, 
It's frustrating and like kind of builds up some anxiety in you because you know that you're proposing to face the Mariner and not face the Mariner in some sort of psychic mindscape, part of a ritual that you don't really know the details of being led by an experienced caster from the Liquid Swords Monastery. It would be on the ground with blood and bone, with steel and flame. That possibility is frightening to you. It is frightening to you because Jonnet is many things. Jonnet is a brave adventurer. Jonnet is a happy companion. But Jonnet is also a little boy. And the part of him that is a little boy feels that fear bone deep. But still you press on with the spell. Using your connection to the arcane, you build up a framework that you use to tap in to the divine light, to get a glimpse at what you can so easily view through your third eye. You start looking down different pathways of possibility, and they are all terrible. Many of them, you see yourself betraying your very crew. You are left with a vision of yourself with a fully bloomed black spot upon your palm. The mariner's mark aching and controlling your body like a sick marionette. You see the blood of Travis, the torn flesh of Gable, and so many of your other friends. Your heart warmed only by the vision of Spit also being killed. You do see partial victories. You do see potential things in these visions. Are there advantages that you would like to get out of this? Maybe small pieces of information. I could tell you a, a little bit about the Mariner's spells, an important thing about his forces. I think, because I, I have two advantages, it feels like one advantage would be like, I see a world where like, a good chunk of the Uhuru, like the best I can do is a, a good chunk of the Uhuru somehow like is not dead at the end of all of this, but that's like the best uh, like he can come up with. If you've got some painting for the, uh, the drowned soldiers interest me if you got something for that. Okay. So in your many visions, you see the drowned sailors at work it is grisly work and very difficult to look away. And you being drawn in in hypnotized, fascinated horror to watch them butcher the people of Nordia is actually to your advantage because you can see the sailors shambling along the shores, climbing up the rocky sides of upper Nordia, overwhelming barricades and barriers and chopping people up. But you can also see them moving in groups with central figures who move more fluidly, more strong, Folks that have curlews perched atop their shoulders, casting horrible spells. And as they cast these spells, you can see some of the sailors around them fall and die. So you know this, that the mariner's forces, in order to cast certain spells, actually sacrifice sailors in order to do it. So... They're going to come at us with magic, all right? That's, of course. But the magic is finite in the way that there's a hierarchy to the to the drowned sailors. Some of them are more powerful, and they use the others, the ones lower than them, to, to create magic. But we're so close to the coast. I mean, what's stopping the mariner from continuing to feed more drowned sailors for his own magic? It's it's all so uphill. Travis, this doesn't look good. This doesn't feel good. With this, I think Gable can arrive from oh. their smoke session. <laughs> Gable comes in through the window. 
<laughs> oh my god, this takes so long. This takes so long, and Gable gets stuck. Definitely, definitely, like Nodos was asking them what the battle plan was, and literally, I, I bet Gable just like, uh, I gotta go. So they just wrapped a rope and started rappelling down the back of the <laughs> ship. It's just this window's so small, and Gable's so big. <laughs> I had an idea while I was climbing. I had an idea. (laughs) Gable? (laughs) Nodos wants to know what the battle plan is, and I'm not smart enough to tell him, but I did have an idea. Was it it, to use the stairs? No, that was not one of those, but I took that brain energy and put it in this idea, (laughs) and now I have a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'll believe it when I hear it. So, the... The mariner, it's like you take taking wood away from a fire, right? So what the mariner needs is new sailors for his drowned sailors, right? So what if he gets here and he finds what he's looking for but nothing else? Like what if we evacuate everyone in the town and everyone in the Huru and then everyone who's left can pin him down and take uh, – so he doesn't have people to turn and I'm still very much stuck in this window. Um, but that's – we but can, that's, that's part of Johnny it. Johnny can barely hear because the side, the side of Gable with the mouth is outside. <laughs> Gable went in ass I think, first. I think that their feet are through the window. They're stuck and they're le- leaning around talking through a, a second window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gable is like Winnie so that, the so Poohing like you. So like, so like I was saying, I just think we still we keep all the power. No one who has to fight doesn't need to. We don't have to put anyone in in danger. And Johnny won't have to feel bad about it. But then we can still get to use all of our 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 cool powers, right? Uh, okay, <laughs> my my arm stood behind me. <laughs> Jonathan. John, I'll be honest with you. That's a really good idea, but I really don't want them to know that I think that. Oh, Travis, no. All right. Yeah. You have to tell them. Quick. Ah. 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 Oh. Oh, it's a small window, huh? It's a very ah. small window. Wow. Ah. And here's the thing. You're, you're enormous. But I did it. And it was hard, just like this battle will be. It was hard, but I did it. And it was worth it because it saved all the time I saved. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so, I mean, if, just hypothetically, if we were to evacuate some of the town and leave someone else, what if we left El Sangue Dio? I mean... That's a good idea. I, I, I I don't have any love for them. That's their entire charge, isn't it? Right. To, quote unquote protect against attacks from the mariner this is exactly what they're here for and so i mean like if the mariner shows up that this they're called action they should be ready they should they should they definitely should but how do we get a town to forfeit the rest of their drunk holiday well, they don't. They just again, like I said, as long as they don't do the closing ceremony, the holiday's still going on. We can... I don't think that's. I don't think that's how it's going to work. Johnny, you said you made it a friend, Adrian, in the town. Mm-hmm. Adrian, do you think Adrian would be able to lead the frail amongst the townspeople up into the mountains, away from the coastline? I mean, away from the coast. She could. She's a lot of people look up to her uh, for the service and she's got to have a, you know what? I think I can ask her to do that. If only there was a place where we could pin the Mariner, a small area where we could potentially cut him off from the rest of his fleet. Mm. Travis, do you have any ideas or is this just going to be the me and John show? (laughs) Well, this is this is um I think I think this this is good because it's a good idea that I'm about to say, but it's also um it's also a little zany which I like. <laughs> is there a way that we could use the axle as bait? 
Hmm. Maybe make the mariner think that it's a real man. Once the mariner is there at the axle, we pin him down, sort of real, get him real good, rough him up, and uh, then we turn the mariner into the axle. The mariner's the new axle. And we get to make them switch clothes, and that's the fun part. No, no, I got, I got, I got it. I think but it's also the- poetic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on the same page. It's not the idea, it's more the... I think we're all just kind of looking at each other like, can make we? We a to- hard... Jonnet, can you make a hard arcane check? Yeah, I will do that right now. Dang. Alright, uh, so that is two failures and four advantages. Damn. <laughs> okay, so you're not... Gonna get this piece of information, but you do get useful information. So you start going through in in your head like different options. Like you consider briefly about what it would take to do a, a similar ceremony to what you did in Bujanith. Ultimately, you don't know exactly how that ceremony was performed. You were following the lead of someone else things fell naturally into into place and your eye showed you the way. Um, you might not be able to rely on that. You then think about what you know of magic. Magic is pulled by many different power sources. Uh, there are different ways to draw out power from magic. One that we've seen used quite frequently by this group is sacrifice, making a personal sacrifice that is physical or even metaphorical adds power to a spell. But spells are also fueled by things like story and tradition. There is a way to draw power from the world and circumstances around you, and there may be things here in front of you now that exist as powerful tools that you perhaps do not have access to anywhere else. Anywhere else is in like, like here in Nordia or here in this room? Here in Nordia. Okay. That's the only thing I can give you. I can't give you the answer because you didn't get the answer. <laughs> But you do know, and I will say this just outright as your GM, there are magical advantages that you could use at your disposal that, you know, kind of rely on elements that you as the players have already introduced to the game and this place. Uh, no. No. So I'll <laughs> um, well, I mean, Nordy is a, a weird town with, like, weird traditions and... I guess all the bad things you do sort of like accumulate with all the wines that you're given. We give him. That's what. Bad man wine? It, no. That's where my brain went to, too, but I'm like, it I don't know. It can't be, but it could. I mean, we. I think narratively, it's the only thing that makes sense. I think, but that's. Do we just what? Where do we? How do we get? Wait, wait. Again, this is a good idea, but also zany. <laughs> <laughs> Could someone challenge the mariner to a drinking contest? Unbeknownst to the mariner, <laughs> the challenger is given good boy wine. The mariner is given bad boy wine. <laughs> I mean, I've never, I've never really like spoken to them. I don't know how to issue the mariner a formal challenge. What if he breaks the rules? Could, could, uh, could we? This will be just the the, the this will be just like that time that I challenged uh, death to a game of chess. <laughs> no one. Okay. No, no. <laughs> That's just you and buddy. <laughs> That's okay. Someone someone will love it. Could we pour barrels of 
cursed wine into the sea. And they would absorb it? Gifting it or sacrifice it to him. I, I, my, I used all my and brain And maybe juice. we won't have to pay taxes. <laughs> and then we become a new account. I'm right, it's right there. I know it's right there at the top of my brain, but I can't. It's, I can't. If we, if we empty some cursed wine into the coast, like the, the waters right before you get to the shore, then anything that comes out of the shore, the waters would have the cursed wine and would maybe therefore be cursed. In which yes. case they would suffer the consequences of Boganalia and that would buy us time. Yeah. It may not be just wine. It may be that the spirit of Nordia, we if we offer a sacrifice to the mariner that the mariner is unable to consume, he is then damned. Now you guys go. <sighs> so we curse the one that curses and uh, but the question is, just give him anything, anything he but wants. If he, and if he if he doesn't he, wait, maybe yes. As long as we yes. give the wine to the mariner, the mariner will refuse to drink it because there's no contest involved, like I proposed originally. <laughs> and then when he refuses to drink it, then he will wither away and die. But yes. Okay. As long as we as long as we offer him enough wine. And I'll add as your GM, the festival has to end. Because he has until the end of the festival. Yeah. So we just need to keep him drinking long enough that he won't notice that the festival is ending. Keep him not drinking long keep enough. Keep him not drinking. As or long as we offer him a buttload of wine and the festival ends. I think we're good. And are no. We- <laughs> no. It's, okay. it's the Mariner. Is this is this something that we're trying? This wouldn't be something that would end the Mariner. It would maybe curse him. I feel. Is he a nemesis? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, then, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Liz. <laughs> is the Mariner a nemesis? Uh, gosh, well, let, me, here's a- let me consult my notes. Let me just look at the notes for the character and see if he might be a nemesis. Hey, James, come uh, on, man. Yeah. You've been watching he looks like spin a big- on wheels over here for... <laughs> I love you watching. I, I love watching uh, you spin your wheels. I love watching each one of you struggle to remember the game that you've been playing. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. <laughs> Is the Mariner? We all understand that he's a, a nemesis. Yes. Uh, and we also all understand that in the game it's called an adversary. Oh, yes, sure. <laughs> Is I think that's correct. I have no idea. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is there sort of more than one mariner, or or like how there's a there's a you know one real Santa and then a lot of Santa's helpers? Uh, so Gable has already hecked up a knowledge forbidden role about the mariner. Uh, Johnny could have Travis make a hard knowledge adventuring role about the mariner. I will. Let me consult my sheet. You can shake the phone to roll oh, them. that's fun. Get out. That is... I love that we're this long into the show and everybody's discovering the joy of the app right now. <laughs> it's a good app. Um, that is two threats. <laughs> we ain't no shit. Uh, Travis, you work to remember what you know about the Mariner uh, because you have been around as the Mariner has attacked... And you just remember a lot of screaming and blood. Those are memories that you try to leave behind. Hmm. Well, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I got nothing. I don't know either. I don't remember. 
Well, it's unfortunate that this all hinges on the three stupidest people. There's a knock at the door. A persistent one. (laughs) Ah, Who is it? You know who it is? No! 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 Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. And all we have to do this week is take a moment to thank our backers on Patreon. Alexander Ellinger, thank you so much. Jake Demers, thank you. Topher Elderkin, thank you very much. Phil Meyer, thank you. Christoph Kovacs, thank you so much. Kira Mueller, or Muller, thank you. Laika, thank you very much. Eric Brittigan, thank you. And Ezekiel Scott, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This show would not be possible without you. Everyone's having a really tough time right now, but I am incredibly heartened to see that despite all of the chaos in the world, that we can still afford to make this show the way we want to make it and at the frequency we want to make it. And I could not be more grateful to all of you for that. So thanks! And if you like what you hear here, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and signing up to become a Patreon backer. It enables us to make our show and every new donation helps us make it better. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. The door opens, and standing there is Spit next to Oromar Vale. What? All right. He's... Captain's told me that the vote's going to happen tomorrow morning. I'm sorry, what? Huh? He told you? What? Yeah, that's right. Maybe maybe the captain talks to more than one person. Maybe you're not so special after all. la da Look at me. I'm the three people always hanging out in the captain's quarters. Well, the captain and I go way back, and he tells me things that he doesn't tell all of you. With his Travis uh, grabs the captain and pulls him in and then just slowly closes the door on spit. <laughs> okay, there are... Ex- There are exactly two possibilities. One, the captain's been talking to Spit. Or two, Spit is a liar. I think Spit's a liar. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Gable opens the door again. Was, does the captain talk to you with his mouth words or his pointing fingers? (laughs) The the, the hallway is empty. Oh, never mind. already left. Spit had the store closed in his face. He's gone. Okay, Captain. I'm I'm gonna ask you a question. I need you to answer honestly, and you we're gonna need you to cut the crap for this one, okay? I know you and I like to have fun. But no bull crap. Alright. Have you have you been talking with mouth words to spit? The captain winks. I told you to cut the crap, man. Come on. See, because also, Captain, (laughs) this is this is more confusing because it's not so much that it's like at one point maybe like you and Spit have like an unspoken language that you guys just understand. He pulled cold, definite facts from you. weren't yes a series of yes or no winks, or he said tomorrow morning. Unless you have uh, learned Morse code and so has spit and also invented Morse code. <laughs> Gable pinches the captain in the, in the tummy. Does it hurt? I mean, Say ouch. I don't know. Say ouch. Here's the thing. You, Say can, ouch. you can lead a corpse to conversation, but you can't make him speak. <laughs> or can you? Travis grabs the heart. Ooh. Okay, buddy. 
I got you see what I've got in my hand. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you talking to spit with your mouth words? You hold up the heart and you can feel its connection to you and your connection to it. And suddenly, Oromar Vale stands up straight, straighter than you've seen him. When the corpse moves, even under Dreth's direction when the corpse moved, there was a bit of robotic stiffness to it. Most of Dreth's work was dealing with small muscle fibers, trying to make things like walking and moving feel and look more natural. In this moment, as the captain looks to you, he looks more natural than he ever has. In the last six months under Dreft's direction, and even the few months after as your crew was moving together, the captain strides across the room towards you, bringing with him all the power and intensity that Oromar Vale wore in life. He looks down at you, eyes blazing, muscles taut, full of untold strength and skill that helped him navigate the ship through the skies. He leans down over you and gently grabs the heart from your hand and then moves to sit down. Ah! What? What? Oh. Hey, hey, I don't like this. Um, this feels bad. This feels get, bad. Get it back? Get, go, you go get it that back. <laughs> I think. Why me? Because. Fellas, 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 fellas. Gables. Fellas, I think the cat. I think the heart belongs to the captain now. <laughs> think we gotta go. Gotta leave. Get away from captain. Uh, now. But we always hang out here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to dress office. It's fine. Okay, captain. Uh, we're gonna go to dress office now. Um, Holler Let us if, know you if you need, need anything. Us. <laughs> yeah, just um, say anything if you if you want anything. Close mouth. And no need bed. to thank me for uh, for keeping an eye on that heart. Um, <laughs> it was my pleasure. Happy to um, so happy so for you to have it now. Good, good to have you back. Back. Uh, I've uh, mm. don't don't be mad at us that. We used you as a uh, man puppet. <laughs> you, uh, we drank some of your liquor. I think we did a good job. We did. It's Travis did a great job. You're saying okay, all of this like as the door is closing <laughs> and like intermittently each one of you is like sticking a head through to say one last thing <laughs> as the other also sticks a head through to say one last thing. <laughs> but eventually the door is closed and you are on the oh, other I, side of it. <laughs> I do not care for that. Uh, 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 well, the good news is we shouldn't feel bad anymore when we forget about the captain. <laughs> He's doing his own stuff. Yeah, but he was doing his own stuff before he had the heart in his own hands. Yeah. And now yeah. he has yes. the heart in his own hands. Yes. And he's alive and he's probably little bit mad of all because of all the things we did to him and his body okay maybe oh. we can maybe we can steal the heart back maybe now that he has it he has to sleep and maybe when he's sleeping we can steal it back Gable, you've got to go back through that window <laughs> <laughs> I, I, i'm not i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that it, gable it's the only thing that makes sense narratively no, what if he what if he has zombie strength what if he has zombie strength? I don't. I've got angel strength. I don't know if it's. I don't, it cancels uh, each I, other out. What if? What if he's a fast zombie now? What if he runs so fast and I can't run that fast? <laughs> I can't do that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay, all right, all right. Do we have to? Do we? Do we have to kill him too now? Oh no! He's no, no, already no, no. dead. No, 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 no. no we no. already did that one. We can't explain that again to the crew. The crew is not that dumb. <laughs> you, uh, as you say this, you open the door to Dreft's office. Uh, inside is jerk off Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Uh, get out. You know, I thought you might get out. Get out. Get out. Well, get, out. get out. <laughs> I just get left a schedule on the door. Out. I thought get you'd out. check it before. Get out. Okay, okay. It's like one of those bathroom cleaning schedules <laughs> that you see. <laughs> Does anyone have a pan? I just got to sign off get, on. Uh, get your jerk off ass out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you. There's an uh, important vote tomorrow morning. Be there. We need a quorum, okay, well, I please. Hope I hope it's a vote to, um, you know, put locks on some of these doors. <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good idea. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you close to the door uh, to this room, which uh, is a little bit more humid than you'd want it to be. And also <laughs> so much smaller than the captain's office. You are once again alone. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Captain's back. Captain's back. Captain's back. The captain's back. Captain's then, back. Then why are we worrying about all these decisions? Then the captain might just should make the decisions. It's his job. He should be I thanking us. Yeah. Dear. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to to uh, flipping quarters. That's a quartermaster. That's oh, fun. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, if he's been this way for a while, we are in big trouble. Why wouldn't he say something to yeah, us? Because I'm he's his mad. best friend. Because he's mad at us. He could he's have told us. us. He could have killed us. Sucks. He should have. God, something's happening. Something's. Wait, who has the heart of the bandit queen? Yeah, which one of you has the heart of the bandit queen? Or did you ever grab it back from the captain after he grabbed it? Oh. No, he has yeah, it. He's... <laughs> so he's got two. He's got two. Wait, any other hearts we can give him? He's letting us run the ship. He's letting us do this. He's letting us do whatever we want. If he is talking to Spit, he. He could have come back alive days ago. He could have gotten He's... revenge. But he didn't. He might trust us to do what's best for the ship. Or he w just wants to see what happens. With that disquieting thought, I think we leave these three to think silently through the night and hopefully grab some sleep as tomorrow is a very big day. The moon travels through the sky and the sun starts to rise, slowly changing the colors of the sky and the landscape around it. The sunrise, though, brings with it an omen Many of the things that accompany the mariner and his signs are difficult to interpret. Curlews are birds known to be in his service, yet they hunt on many different shores. Strange dreams are symptoms of merely living along the coast, and the mariner visits people during the night often, whether he intends to attack or not. But the clearest sign the easiest to read is the sky. Because the sky in the morning, on the third day of Boganalia, is a deep blood red. And the water that reflects its shine looks black and inky, swirling off into the horizon. A 
The question that I have for the three of you is who is the last one to wake up? And those of you who wake up earlier, what do you decide to do? I think Travis is the last to wake up um, because, boy, is it comfortable to sleep as a man. Mm. Oh, radical. Interesting. I would always assume it's more comfortable to sleep as an animal. Like when I look at Oliver's sleep, that that boy looks comfortable. Uh, I feel like Johnny. But, oh, go ahead. Johnny, Johnny wanted to think about an animal sleeping, which <laughs> could be the whole podcast. Hold for animal thoughts. Um, oh. uh, I feel, yeah, Johnny is probably. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, right oh Buster. Buster. <laughs> yes, hit that mark. Johnny wakes up first and is probably, it's just up on the, 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 the top of the ship, just like taking in. Taking in the sky, but then also taking in specifically the water because it is so, it reminds him such of of Bougenith. And so he's just kind of processing that. So I'd say he woke up first. Okay. So are you on the the bow of the ship kind of uh, like sitting on that figurehead that you occasionally do? That's radical. I like that. So yeah, the red sky is framed behind him, behind the tangled masts and uh, lines of the Uhuru, looking out over dark waters. What of Gable? Gable didn't sleep. Because just in case there is a battle tomorrow, they wanted to prep as much as they could. Because there's a lot. Mm. Uh, Checking the armory, basically pretending or like saying that they wanted to make sure everything was ready, but really just pacing and thinking. And most of that pacing is occurring outside the captain's door. Interesting. I would have, I think you paced there for a while, but wouldn't you at some point go to check on your birds? Because when we think about the Uhuru's armaments, there are the large, like, grappling guns that you have on either side of the ship with with their big spear that you can use to reel in other ships. There's the pointed brass frame sawtooth on the front of the ship that you use to tack other balloon canopies. But you've done away with most of the cannon space on the ship to fit three giant fucking birds in there oh okay i know yes so there's daily maintenance right oh yeah metatron is outfitted with or like has some associated armor for battle right oh yeah has some armor and included that is a big beak cover a silver beak cover that's mainly for gouging and tearing is very sharp. Ooh, I love this. Also, this is very toyetic, which is going to be great for merchandising down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, castle pieces. Uh, can the bird have a sword and a skateboard? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but instead of just putting that a Metatron, and Gable never does this, but they're also outfitting Flea and Lucas with it as well. Mm. So each of the birds are outfitted in kind of an all-hands-on-deck signifier. I like this. Um, Is this all pieces of Metatron's armor, or do you have battle armor for each of your birds? I think it's retrofitted. I don't think we ever... Mm. We we wouldn't have one for Lucas, but that's kind of what the night's preparations were, like taking old pieces of metal and hammering it into something useful. Oh, I like that. Ooh. That's very cool. And then we come to Travis, the last to wake up, who wakes up to a pounding on the door to Dref's office. No. Is anyone going to get that? The door opens and you can see framed and shadowed in the bold light of day behind him. The silhouette of Oromar Vale. Ah! Captain? The captain waits for you to approach. Uh, Dref's um, dead right now, so that's why he's not here. Um, I don't know how much you 
know how much what you missed. Um, it was very sad, and um, the captain you know, we're, reaches we're mostly... into his pocket and pulls something out. The expression on his face is menacing, threatening, as though his patience for you and your behavior has run thin. Sorry, um, what's what's that that you've got? The captain pulls out of his pocket a revolver and levels it at you, Travis. Um, hey. We're all just, um, doing our best here on this ship. Let's not, let's not make any, uh, hasty decisions that I would regret later. Okay. He then places the revolver down on Dref's desk and reaches into his pocket again. This time... If you pull out another revolver. <laughs> pulling out a long scarf that has a rainbow pattern on it and it just keeps going. This time pulling out the heart of the bandit queen. The intricately carved lapis lazuli trinket that was gifted to you at Bujaneeth in exchange for the feather weave. He also places that on Dref's desk. Finally, he reaches into his pocket and produces Dref's heart that beats faintly in his palm. He walks over to Travis and leans down once again. And places it into Travis's palm. Thank you. Um, can I get you anything? A drink, maybe? The captain turns around and strides out of the room, closing the door to Dreff's office behind him. Did anyone else see that? Everyone's gone. And we go to sleep. I wake up. The captain shows up. He gives me all the crap in his pockets. And nobody's there to see it. With that, you hear a single sonorous toll of the ship's heart bell. It echoes and vibrates throughout the boards at the heart of the ship, alerting everyone around that there is to be a vote. And that's the episode. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, buddy. Is Spit... Is the captain really talking to Spit? I don't know. I guess you'll have to find out. Oh, come on. You'll have to find out. That was like like edging for like 20 minutes. (laughs) I was just like, is it gonna... Is it gonna... Holy fuck. Holy fuck. And then, no. Fuck. (laughs) Jesus. And he took the heart and he gave the heart back. Also... Once again, we return to the long line of applicants in front of the Skyship Uhuru, all hoping to join the infamous crew of Oromar Vale. Uh, we see someone toddle off the line and uh, place headshots and resumes down in front of the table of interviewers as uh, he begins the interview. I, I be Shrub, the damn finest shipwright you ever did see. Ship, ship, shrub. ship, ship, fright. That's right, shrub, and that would be shipwright. Oh, all right. Now I'll just go ahead and say I'm the newest on the the ship. W- what is a shipwright? 
Well, shipwrights tend to build and repair ships, and that's an important thing to know if you're going to be out sailing. So, well, a little... As you can see, we've already got a ship, so we don't need anyone to build it. Well, but you, you may have your ship get damaged, and that's when you'll be looking for a shipwright, sure enough. And so, that's where Shrub's got you covered. So, Shrub, <laughs> we, we're not new to this. We all know that having someone come in who is just basically capable and has nothing else going on is very rare. So if you could just, like, get straight to it and tell us what your <laughs> your thing is. Well, yeah. I can't work on other ships because, as you can see, I've got myself a wooden leg mm-hmm. and, indeed, a wooden hand. Mm-hmm. And underneath this eye patch, I've got myself a wooden eye. Oh, okay. So you're not very good. <laughs> well, no, I just happen to be a bit accident prone. You see, when I go aboard a ship, I'm not just looking to repair a ship or, but that's or your build job. your one job. Up. Certainly, certainly, but I uh I want to be more efficient. I, I look at a ship and I go, how can I add more power? Ah, ah, ah. No, no. What? No. Huh? What? Yeah, see, no. I I look at a ship and I I oh, view no. it as my. Home. I don't think so, Shrub. <laughs> Around my home, I like to make myself some improvements here and there. Obviously, if uh, I were to be joining your crew, I'd need to be bringing my wife, uh, oh, no. my, my three sons, uh, my co-worker Al. Uh, oh, oh, his mother, whom I make fun of her appearance uh, quite frequently, and Travis. my neighbor, who would give me sage advice Wait, from time uh, to time. Quick question about your neighbor. We love neighbors. We always love hanging around. But I would love. I like to see all of someone's face for no reason. Do you have, do you know what your neighbor looks like? Uh, only from about the the. Nose up, I. That's say. literally exactly what I don't want. That's exactly well, what I don't. Want. Well, he needs his air of mystery for some reason. Your neighbor cannot join. Well, I, I, I see. You say that, and you think you can live without him, but about once a week, I'd say he comes in with a really salient piece of advice that you'd be sad to live without for sure. Real quick, Travis, what tipped you off before Gable and I? Because you were on board pretty immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, the he said he said the he was looking for more power. Oh, that's that's still a pretty in depth pull. And then he grunt. Then he grunted. Grunting. He made the grunts. He said more power. All right. I still. I'm sorry. I'm so. What do you What do you think of when you hear of more power? What he, he probably he hasn't even gotten to to how long it's taken him to fix up his hot rod airship I, in his garage. It's funny that you mention a hot no, rod. No, as I find that's one of the best ways to add power to a skyship. I take a red hot piece of iron. I lay it directly on the feather weave, and it takes right off. It does. So I'm always working on my hot rod. I just, I thought it was no. some anime bullshit that I didn't know. <laughs> well, uh, that that would be preferable. That'd be, that would be Honestly. preferable. If only I could get an anime reboot out of, <laughs> out of this situation. Re- Look, Shrub, I'm, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say emphatically no. Absolutely not. Gonna have to pass. Um. Yeah, but I I will uh, I will get our associate Heidi out. She can escort you. <laughs> oh, Heidi! Uh, off I love Heidi. the ship. Uh, um, before I go, I have a litany of political opinions that I'd oh, like to no. share with our oh. crew. Push him out the door. <laughs> Kick in the pants. Get out of here. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of dinty more beef stew. 
Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad. Now she's a space racist. Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.